0: In theory, it's useful for miners to have more than one project on the go. Resource extraction is a very risky business and risks can multiply if you are reliant on just one site. Equally, it can divide management time and capital. Back in minerals, the only pure-play lithium miner listed in London blindsided investors earlier this year by announcing it had entered into a joint venture with SolarWorld to develop the Zinvold lithium mine in Saxony. Before then the company was entirely focused on its major lithium carbonate mine in Sonora, Mexico, which is moving towards a defined feasibility study and project financing. I'm Alex Newman, and for this episode of the IC's Extraction Podcast, I'll be playing an interview I conducted with Bacanora Chief Executive Peter Secker at Zinwald on the 2nd of May. Unfortunately, the sound quality isn't perfect, but you should be able to hear Peter's answers. I started by asking Mr Secker why the company is now looking to expand into Germany and the European lithium market.
1: We we see Sonora uh, being a long life, 200 year resource, uh, focused very much on lithium carbonate, and going into the Asian industry. Uh, that's a standalone project and will go down. It has it has its own momentum. What we what we then looked for is is how do you optimize the German automotive industry that's growing really quickly. Um, and give them a source of material from Germany. Because the the Germans love to have that integrated supply chain where you can buy it in Germany, manufacture it in Germany and and sell it in Germany. There are very few lithium projects in Europe to start with and the only one that we could find that was actually in Germany was the Zimow project. Mm -hmm. So once you determine that Germany is your market then zooming in on Zinwald was relatively easy. And then you have the added bonus of having Solar World, which had lithium as a priority five years ago, obviously now have moved their priority a little bit because of changes in economic climate, and we're looking to sell and looking to bring in a partner. So everything aligned very well for us.
0: Geographically, there may be synergies, but Zinwald is also located in a forest-covered landscape popular with German tourists. So what chance does the mine have of passing authorities' approval?
1: Uh, For an underground mine, easier than an open pit mine. So obviously we're very focused on the underground mining. We're very focused on a small footprint. We're very focused on only producing um, a concentrate in this area and basically taking that concentrate and moving it into a, a more developed chemical area for the downstream processing mm. so I think from a permitting point of view you obviously have to go through all the steps and it's a two-year process yeah. but I think because it's a historical mining engineer with over 500 years of history because there's a focus on the lithium industry in the area then I think we'll move through that in a progressive manner.
0: You're a relatively small company still Yep. with a relatively small management team Yep. Are you are you going to be overly stretched either in capital terms or time terms over the next 12 to 24 months given you're, you've now got a German and Mexican focus?
1: Sure. Well, I, th- I think Solar World is a, is a key part of that. I mean, Solar World has a technical group of a couple of hundred people. It has its own lithium division headed by Armin Müller, mm. so they already have a team in place. In terms of Bacanora, uh, we have cash in the bank. I mean, the day before yesterday, we had $20 million. We've just finalized the placement to Hamwa. That's another, well, I'm going to mix currencies here, but that's another £12 million. Pounds that we're just gonna... So we have lots of, we have enough money to do what we want to do. Uh, Bacanora, management focus will be Mexico. Uh, the joint venture focus through Armin Muller will be Germany. So we don't see, apart from my time, a lot of Bacchanora time being spent in Germany.
0: Okay. One of the long term goals for, for Zinvol, which is looking at higher higher end
1: lithium yeah. products,
0: how do you get a higher end lithium product and what are the end
1: applications? So if you look at the value stream, um, the Australian model is to sell concentrates at nine hundred to a thousand dollars a ton. Uh, the South American model is to sell lithium carbonate at a ton, lithium hydroxide at $12,000 a ton. We want to move further upstream. So we want to move into the lithium chlorides, the lithium fluorides, the lithium metals. We'd sell at a premium and a multiple to lithium hydroxide. So we want to sell lithium chloride at maybe $30,000 a ton, lithium fluoride at $25,000 a ton, lithium metal at $100,000 a ton. So it's the amount of processing you can do to value add. And you can only do it where you have the ability to source the chemicals that you can value add with. So the nice thing about this part of Germany is you have a very developed lithium industry, you have a very developed chemical industry, and all of the inputs that we require are within 30 kilometres of where the mining operation is going to be.
0: You've got a market in sight, and the lithium market has a future applications in sight, where there's going to be a greater need for lithium fluoride. I mean, yeah. How much of a moving target is this over the next decade? Because, obviously, you're very reliant on the, you know, the, the gigafactories and the supply chain
1: fitting that model as well, aren't you? Correct. So all you have to think is, if you increase the number of lithium batteries then you increase the requirement for electrolytes and therefore you increase the requirement for lithium fluoride, another value-add commodity. So they all go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Mm. So all all we're doing is fitting ourselves into that growth in the industry. Whether it's Sigmund Box, whether it's Roskill, whether it's China Metals, they're all saying that the current lithium demand, around 190,000 tonnes a year, growing to 400 450 000 tons a year by 2025 so the lithium demand growth is 100 percent in seven years that's going to happen whether it's lithium carbonate or lithium hydroxide or lithium, or lithium fluoride or lithium metal all we're doing is fitting into that supply growth channel
0: right where do you sit on the, the debate about you know a potential lithium bubble emerging some some of in the industries say that there's lithium you can find it in in, in broccoli it, sure you can, you can buy it in lots and lots of places <laughs> yeah. but, um, and, and the industry can just catch up with the, the demand that's coming do you, do you buy that argument
1: I, I, I don't know of any industry that is doubling in capacity in 6-7 years there, there is nothing gold iron ore copper silver lead zinc um, so the ability for the current producers to meet that demand is, is almost impossible You're seeing some expansion out of uh, Chile. You're seeing some new projects out of uh, Argentina. Those are the value-add products. They're they're producing carbonate and hydroxide. If you look at what's happening in Australia, they're producing low-value concentrates. Those concentrates are going to China, and the Chinese are having to increase the conversion capacity in China. So we don't see it, whether it's Argentina or Chile or China, we don't see that being able to double capacity in such a short period of time. Feeding into that store, you've, you've done as you mentioned the, the
0: offtake agreement with Hanwha. Hanwha. Um, can you just briefly explain the, the structure of this deal and and also what it means? I mean, this is the crucial question, isn't it? What it means for financing still to yep. full production.
1: Okay. So Han was uh, a partnership. We've been in discussions with Hanwha for eighteen months. They've done a significant amount of due diligence. Um, And what we were looking for was someone who could help us both to sell our product into uh, Asia, but also come in as an equity investor in the company, and also to provide, um, I guess, access to the Japanese debt markets. (laughs) So Japanese government debt is uh, some of the best debt in the world. So with Hanwha, we have now a 10% shareholder, which obviously gives us some cash, which is nice. Um, But it also means that they're going to take 100% of our stage 1 production and sell it into the Asian market. So that makes us more bankable from a project financing point of view because we have the off-taker in place and we have their introductions to the Japanese debt market as well. So Hamwell does does three things for us. It's an off-taker, an equity investor and a, a, a debt assister.
0: If I was a shareholder, could I read then from that that debt is going to be the there's going to be the balance of any fundraising? Correct. And, uh, yes. So okay, and then the, the remainder of that. I mean, we've we've seen the, the equity placing price was not a, a significant dilution to the the closing price. before no, the deal was announced. There, there
1: was no there was no big discount. There was there was yeah. no option added to it. Is um, that no, a
0: guiding price then for the the future financing?
1: So so what we are looking for is <clears throat> to complete the bankable study before the end of the year, um, to have the off in place before the end of the year, um, and to have enough discussions with debt providers before the end of the year, that, that come the end of this year, we're in ability to go out and raise all the finances we need in a combination of debt and, and equity. Yeah.
0: Sticking with the share price, some people have raised the, the issue of liquidity. You know, the liquidity of the shares, and obviously there's been some huge news in the last six months. But you know, is not necessarily the uh, you know the share price movement to, to follow that. I mean, is that is that an issue for, for you? And do you, are there ways of addressing the liquidity in in Bacanora shares?
1: Uh, so at at the moment, if you if you look at our share register, <clears throat> uh, the six top. Uh, shareholders own about 55% of the company. As we move forward, we've already said that we're going to raise both equity and, and debt at the next development stage. So there's going to be dilution um, on the equity side. So you'll see much more liquidity coming into the stock towards the end of this year when we complete our, our equity raising. Okay.
0: There's a lot of people clearly investing back in Bacanora because of one man that's calling...
1: Colin no is our previous yeah. chairman, yes. And
0: he probably sadly died last year. Yep. What was his death meant for the company? Did it sort of change the direction or was it left some shareholders adrift, do you feel?
1: <laughs> so Colin had a very strong vision. Colin loved Mexico, um, and he loved Borate. So so a lot of people got into back in in the early days were because of the Borate project. Uh, obviously, we've, we've moved from a Borates explorer to a lithium developer. So a lot of the initial shareholders who had that Borates vision with Colin are no longer f- focused on the company, and, you, and you've seen an exit of, of a number of those guys. What you've also seen in that, in that period is some significant new um, strategic investors, uh, institutional investors. You've seen BlackRock come in, you've seen M&G come in, Ignis Capital are, are already there and have, have maintained their position. So you've seen us changing from a, a junior Borat Explorer to a more mature lithium developer and a changing shareholder because of that. So I think as we move forward, you'll see more institutions coming onto the board, uh, coming onto the share registry, and less of the of the small investors who who previously were with Dakanola. Secker, okay. thanks so much for your time. Thanks, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: I've been Alex Newman, and this has been an extraction podcast for the Investors Chronicle. To check out more of our podcasts, go to ACAST, iTunes, or visit the Investors Chronicle website at investorschronicle.co.uk.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.